May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God, our Rock, and our Redeemer, and let the Church say, Amen. may be seated. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're warm. I was woken at 4 o'clock with no heat and have been up since then, so if I seem a little out of it, it's because I am. My pilot went out, and I was woken with the cat in my face in his cold, ice-cold paws, and I said, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. Well, oddly enough, I can still tell you Merry Christmas, because today officially ends the Christmas season with the baptism of our Lord. Little history to that, this whole thing is that in the early church, the birth of Christ, the coming of the Magi, and his baptism in the Jordan were all celebrated on one day, which was January 6th. But as the Christian missionaries hit northern Europe, and there was a great devotion towards this worshiping the sun, the sun god, the church in its wisdom knew that it needed to counteract that whole thing with paganism, and they moved his birthday to the beginning of this Feast of the Sun God on the 25th. The Magi's visit on the 6th of January, and then his baptism one week later on what would be the 12th for his baptism in the Jordan. And so today actually ends the Christmas season, and then the next Sundays after this will be Well, really, in Epiphany Tide. And each Sunday from now to Lent are these manifestations. That's what Epiphany and Theophany means. God's manifesting himself. He's breaking forth into our world. And so we're going to see gospel stories that kind of talk about him beginning to do that and people's reactions as he makes himself known in their midst. So a little FYI. So now you know you can go and tell somebody all that stuff. Because you hear all this stuff... The 25th isn't really Jesus' birthday. Well, no, it's not. But there's other things going on that the church was trying to do in speaking these things out. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan. It's a big day. And 30 hidden years, after 30 hidden years in Nazareth, Jesus the Messiah is on the move. He's going public with his mission to heal and save. And John baptizes him in the Jordan. Jesus is revealed as Savior, suffering servant, and beloved Son. Today the heavens open, the Father speaks, the Spirit descends, the whole Trinity is revealed. No wonder artists who have painted this scene tend to fill it with rays of light, glowing doves, and clouds of angels. There's something else going on here, though, that is harder to paint. That's because it has to do with humility, brothers and sisters. Consider John. Here's a man with a clear understanding of his mission. He's a herald preparing the way for someone mightier than himself. He is the best man and not the bridegroom. And then suddenly the Messiah shows up and John is taken back. You can almost hear his mind racing as he tries to prevent Jesus from going ahead. This can't be what God wants. I'm not worthy. I need your baptism, not vice versa. And yet even in his confusion, 
John is humble enough to grasp that God's plan may be different from what he thinks. Sound familiar? At a word from Jesus, he accepts a role that he never sought nor wanted. And who can fathom the depths of Jesus' humility? Considering him there looking like just another penitent in the crowd. Out of love, the sinless one joins with sinners, with us, to show that he is truly God with us, even in our repentance. And for the rest of his days on earth, he will continue to be one like us in all things but sin. Last year, Pope Francis had a group of priests that he was leading on retreat. And he told them that the shepherds should have the smell of their sheep. If you've ever been around sheep, that's quite a smell. They're not the most uh, aromatically pleasing creatures. But Jesus mingling with the lost and the needy sheep at the Jordan shows us what that means. So never forget that whatever your odor, Jesus is not put off. He is and always will be God with you. In the first reading, Isaiah prophetically speaks of the coming of the Christ. The chosen servant who is pleasing to God. It also speaks of his ministry to open the eyes of the blind, bring out prisoners from confinement and from the dungeon, those who live in darkness. How do these works of Jesus apply to your life? Are you doing those things daily? Or are you on the flip side? Are you one of the people who's still in the dungeon, living in the dark? What is Jesus asking you to do this week to be a person of the light? The responsorial psalm reminds us of our duty to God and to give the Lord the glory and praise that his is his due. What are the ways that you fulfill this call? Is there more that you could be doing? In the second reading from Acts, Peter speaks of the truth that God shows no partiality. He goes on to say, whoever fears him and acts uprightly is acceptable to him. Are there people in your parish or groups, races, religions, nations, you instinctively disregard? In light of these verses, how is the Lord asking you to relate to them? As a beloved son, Jesus in today's gospel shows his obedience to the Father by fulfilling what was required of him. Through Jesus, who dwells in you, do you see yourself as a beloved son and daughter of the Father in heaven? Why or why not? What is God asking of you as a beloved son and daughter? Because for each of us, what he's going to require will be different. It's not the same for each of us. And what is he asking of you today to do? as we find ourselves in this new year of 2014. The, med- the whole idea that I, when I talk about the 
Francis, Pope Francis talked to these group of priests and said that the shepherd should have the smell of the sheep. What do you think this means and how does it apply to you? In other words, do, you, do the people that you minister to daily and weekly, do you have their smell on you? Do you really understand them? Do you relate to them? Are you down on their level? And if you're not, what are the barriers that get in the way of you being that person, being that Christ for them in a way that only you can do? So what I'd like you to do is to take a few moments to think about what it is Jesus is calling you to do this week. The places he's going to put you and the people he's going to put you in contact with. And how will you have that odor of those people on you as you minister his light, his joy, his peace, his hope, and his love to them in a unique way? So take a few moments to think about that.